0: Welcome back. Welcome back. It is I am live on a Friday evening and still once again, happy Friday to you and happy Friday to your loved ones. Invite them over to listen to I am live so they can also stay up to date with, you know, not just some of the deep conversations that we have here, but tech impact what is the impact that modern technology has on you um, and has on the people around you and the things and your pets that you interact with. Um, so before even going much further, right, there is there is a bit that's happening right now. I mean, we've, we've, we, we, we've heard some news of Elon Musk has officially uh, bought Twitter. Um, and he is like, it's, it's quite interesting, the time that we live in, to be quite honest. Um, and it's it is quite interesting. I'm really looking forward to See how things shape up in the future. Personally, I'm 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 a bit on the edge as to whether this will not mean the demise of Twitter. Um, I don't know whether it will mean the demise of Twitter, but it is. um, I am curious though as to whether. Is it is that what it means, you know? Um, is this the collapse of the great Twitter as we know it? Because there's a lot of backlash. A lot of people are leaving Twitter simply because of uh, Elon Musk being the person who owns it. And of course, we know that there's a lot of people who especially don't like Elon Musk uh, because of the fact that he is a famous... CEO who is a multi-billionaire in wealth, that is. Obviously, this is not in cash. I think that's always important to mention because sometimes when you say someone is a billionaire, the assumption is that this person is walking around with multiple billions in their bank account. That's not how being being a billionaire actually works. Um, I was actually listening to a wonderful video essay that was explaining why is it because Uh, Elon Musk, what I actually wanted to focus on a bit tonight is Elon Musk recently bought Twitter for 40-something billion uh, US dollars, right? But he didn't use his own money. Now, he technically can afford to buy it with his own money. Um, but, and by, by his own money, let me rather say by, with his own wealth, he can afford to buy it with his own wealth. But rather, he actually made a loan of about, I think, 20 billion. Um, and the rest of the money he hopes to get from, he's looking to get it from sponsors, uh, who will basically, um, give him the money to buy twitter and they will become in in not sponsors investors uh elon musk definitely doesn't work much with sponsors um so yeah so that actually brings about an interesting question and an interesting lesson to us as uh normal people right you might ask yourself is why would a billionaire a multi-billionaire put themselves in debt um, in order to buy a company, if he is a multi, I mean, literally, his worth is worth more than what Twitter is currently worth. You see what I mean? So he could literally take his his worth, his wealth, um, and leverage it in order to to, or rather, yeah, use it, not leverage it, in order to buy Twitter. The interesting thing I learned is this: uh, first of all, it it the it, think about if you were to take, uh, let's say. Let's say for argument's sake, uh Twitter was worth five thousand Rands. Uh but now let's say you were building a company and you own that company and you took the that five thousand rands and put it in your company, right? Your company's shares currently, let's just for argument's sake, say that your you, you the shares that you own in your company are worth five thousand rands, or let's say ten thousand rands, right? If you go, if you want to take your shares, your your wealth from your company, because your wealth is measured against every asset that you own, your estate that you own, right? In terms of your, how much your house is worth, how much your investments are worth for the sake of not complicating this. Now, if you want to buy, let's say, for example, a company worth 5,000 rands, remember that we said they're 10,000 rands. Uh, you can, if you t- sell uh, ha- half of your shares and then, or even not even half, let's say you sell uh, just 2,000 rands worth of your shares today and then you buy a, a company that is worth 2,000 rands or you buy a house worth 2,000 rands. The first thing you need to think of is there is no guarantee that whatever you're buying, 100% guarantee that whatever you're buying is actually going to make you back that money or even be worth more but the current company that you own there is some guarantee that that company is going to grow in value so the the 2000 rands that you gave away i hope this makes sense the 2000 rands that you that you sold in order for you to buy a house or another company or whatever the thing may be in five in t- five to ten years' time, those two thousand that two thousand rands of shares would have been worth ten thousand rands. So you've actually lost money. So this is why wealthy people who own shares actually tend to not prefer to use their own wealth. They would rather leverage their wealth in order to get a loan at a good interest rate, and then use that in order to buy shares somewhere else, um, and eventually. Be able to accumulate the wealth from that company, that investment, and then pay the bank back, uh, which actually, yeah, I don't know. I found it to be very interesting, and I thought that you should share that uh, with the whole um, um, Elon Musk buying Twitter. Now, this is our current reality, right? Twitter has a new owner. Uh, obviously, there might be some things that happen that. Elon Musk, it, it gets, and I don't know, maybe um, the government in America decides that he should not own or whatever conflict there may be. But at the at, as it currently stands, as we know it, Elon Musk is the new owner of Twitter. But let's hear what you have uh, for us tonight, Shal, because I'm very interested in hearing what you have to say and then coming back and sharing a bit about the Google I.O. event that happened this uh, on the 11th of May uh, this month.
1: Welcome back to I Am Live. My name is Charles Toy, and uh, it's part for us to have a discussion on tech and see what's the influence that tech has or everyday technology has on our lives. And there's something very, very interesting that happened in the past week and uh, literally the only thing on my side for tech. And I believe it's something very important. That's what I would like to share with you. There is a memorandum passed through the headquarters of Netflix for all Netflix employees to understand that when they are employed by Netflix, they mark they, they are, uh, should mark the, the amendment to their employment contract stating that they will not participate in something known as woke culture. Now, the reason for that is it's not explicitly stated like that in the memorandum, of course, but woke culture means that when we speak or say something that can offend certain people, we need to be woke and know that we can't say or listen or participate in programs as such. Now, what Netflix did is said that they will, uh, they will obviously still grant artists their artistic freedom by means of freedom of speech, which is something that we know is in the American Amendment to the state of the Constitution. Uh, but... Obviously very interesting with the Dave Chappelle thing last week, which we, or last year, rather, people thought they spoke out against it and said, but this man is, is, is having all sorts of phobias and this is wrong and Netflix should no longer actually allow it to stream. And then the answer for Netflix to that is like, we still grant artists artistic expression by means of freedom of speech. The fact that Dave Chappelle made certain statements, or the fact that you and I can make statements on Netflix or on programs on Netflix, does not necessarily mean that that is the viewpoint of Netflix. Therefore, you can't cancel Netflix because something that is said, uh, that is said, or something that can be found on the Netflix website, which is not explicitly stated by Netflix, now, which I find very incredibly. Interesting is the fact that when Netflix made the statement, they also made the statement saying that if you do not agree with this viewpoint as uh, employee of Netflix, perhaps Netflix is not the best place for you to work at. And I think that there is something that we should hold dear to and there is something that we should uphold in this modern day cancel culture that we live in. That there's a rather big company that's standing up and saying, listen, if you do not want to do things the way that we would like to be or, or have things to be done, perhaps this is not the best company for you to work for. And I think that this is a major move, and I think it's something that's very important. And I take my hat off to Netflix for allowing it or stating it out loud and not trying to, you know, fence their own guards now with people making and naming and shaming the fact that they're doing it, but actually standing true to what they believe is the correct way of approaching things. That is my side for uh, Tech Influence for this week. Do stay tuned. We will be back shortly.
0: And yeah, no, Shal, that is quite quite an interesting um, um, take on 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 you know the the Netflix thing. I find it very interesting myself, actually. Um, so I I I think that is actually something that should be applied quite often because. Um, there, is, there is something that YouTube, it's something YouTube also are struggling with that the content that is shared on YouTube and it's even more difficult for YouTube because YouTube is not the one who actually shares the content. There's so many, so many people around the world who actually share content on YouTube. Imagine having to stay up to date and know exactly what everyone is saying and being able to censor the wrong things that are being said by people. So I find it very unfair for uh, governments to decide that and i know uh, youtube struggled with this i think in the uk actually um specifically if i remember correctly um that they were saying that if something or that is offensive or that offends the government or that 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 is the wrong that is said by someone on who posts on the platform so an end user uh then they will hold uh, youtube directly responsible, which I think is not fair um honestly speaking, I quite honestly think that it's absolutely absolutely not fair um yeah so i i I really really think that in this would be a better approach I mean if someone comes and delivers hate speech then we 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 we, we need to say that okay, fine, Netflix needs to do something about it, but if someone is not doing something that violates the constitution or they just stating what they their stance and they're stating what they feel emotionally um, that is not harming or or wishing harm upon anyone or wishing that anyone should perish in any way and by perish I mean in a brutal you know death kind of way they're not wishing you harm or calling harm to come to you then I really don't see the 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 reason to cancel the uh you know a company like netflix for ha- sharing that content because artistic expression is a thing right it is an absolute thing um and it's important for us to to uphold those those um policies or those rights for a person to have artistic expressions and freedom of speech but anyways um moving into um the google ui event and what, what's on my plate um, this past, uh, this week actually on the 11th of May, Google had their, um, IO event. Um, I love watching these events because this is where they are now make a lot of announcements about, um, what's, what's going to be happening on, on, um, on YouTube. What's going to be happening on, not YouTube. What's going to be happening in the tech world as far as that relative company is concerned? What new products are they bringing or what new products are coming currently? The thing that I don't particularly understand about what Google did at this event, which I'll get into a bit more maybe later, is the fact that they announced products that are coming in 2023 now. And I don't understand why they do that. Like they literally released the Pixel 7. They showed, not released it, but showed what it will look like. And that takes away so much excitement. And I don't understand why, you know? um but we'll see if it's a strategy that will work for them uh because they literally showed what it will look like i think they showed the white one um so there's not much to hide about the color as well you know how the cameras are going to look like so there's very little for you to be i mean the mind is creates ex- excitement is created in the mind when the object is removed from your sight so google just puts it there in front of you and says get to, get excited and I really don't understand why they take that approach, honestly. Um, so, but anyways, what I am excited about is, number one, they... Uh, so, we remember that Google last year, if I remember correctly, it was last year, they released the Pixel 6 uh, which was an amazing phone. I love the camera that they they the design of the camera because everyone is going with this uh, stove look um, or the Samsung look, uh, you know that that the design on the camera where you have all the cameras positioned in a square or rectangular block. Um, now Google went a different route. They have a a, a slab behind, so it's like a, a rectangle. But a thin one that stretches across the phone so from like your volume button all the way up to your power button um, and it's it looks quite amazing right um, and the colors as well it has this panda uh, approach to their to their colors which looks amazing and by panda I mean like a panda bear so uh, two tone colors um, which quite honestly looks amazing amazing and the pixel six apart from having a lot of glitches um quite honestly disappointing because it gives you a bad user experience uh, a lot of people welcomed it quite well actually apart from just those bugs on the device itself in terms of the software and user experience and as of date i have not heard any large improvements so it's much like those people who went and bought um what is this game again um um cyberpunk I think it's 2077, and experienced a lot of bugs, characters breaking down, cars just driving into the wall and things not making sense. Um, And while the Pixel wasn't that bad, but it's notable uh, bugs that are going to give you, are going to affect your experience. Uh, But this year they released the Pixel 6a um this week so the pixel 6a is sort of like the 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 entry level not the entry level so you have the yeah the mid-range phone um that basically comes just before in terms of um value or the ladder of flagship devices so it's the pixel 6 6 and then it's the pixel 6a so the 6a is a cheaper device it's a device that gives you the benefits of the pixel 6 but sort of like light, so like Coke and Coke light, basically, Uh, which I think I love. I love that approach, and it runs on the new Android 13 operating system, uh, which, for one, I've been enjoying the Android 12. Um, I'm using a certain... uh, um, the Samsung skin on my phone so I haven't been able to experience it at its full capacity but I have been enjoying Android 12 Um, and I'm sure that Android 13 is also going to be quite amazing Um, and then um, so they also released the new Android 13 operating system at the IO event and obviously the Pixel 6 will be launching with the Android 13 and then another thing is um, they've upgraded the Google Wallet. Uh, For those of you who know the Apple uh, ecosystem System wallet where you can literally have your id your driver's license your bank cards and you can have your clicks card and your Woolworths cards all on the same platform um, samsung pay also has that that actually you can even have your bus ticket uh, on the device so google wallet has been upgraded to being able to accommodate all of these things in one wallet, uh, which I absolutely love. It has saved me a lot, to be quite honest with you, Uh, not relying on my wallet every single time, but being able to have that as an option. Um, So that is what uh, Google has done with their um, um, Google wallet. They've upgraded it. Um, so later in 2020, in 2022, uh, they will bring the Pixel 7 smartphone and the Google wallet itself. Um, so they've upgraded it, but they will be launching it later this year. I, I'm still excited about the Pixel 7 and seeing what Google does differently because competition in the cell phone environment means that things are better for us as customers. I am very excited. But at the same time, I don't like the fact that they revealed what it's going to look like. I mean, come on. Um, That's something I look forward to at these events. Um, So they also made some announcements of things like a a, a Google tablet that they're going to be a Pixel tablet rather. Um, Oh, yeah. They also made released their Google watch, which looks absolutely stunning. Absolutely, absolutely stunning. It looks like the Apple watch except it's circular uh which is what a lot of people have been asking for from Apple um and what I love about Google uh the Pixel Watch is the fact that it syncs seamlessly because Google bought uh Fitbit so it syncs seamlessly with the Fitbit ecosystem and the app as well uh which is what I use on my smartwatch on my fitness watch that is uh, I use a Fitbit so I'm quite looking forward to it and if it's priced reasonably and this is the first generation I'm usually not someone who buys anything that is first-gen. Um, so I might wait for the second-gen where Google learns from their mistakes. So, But for now, that is what we know about the Google I.O.